How many of y'all, don't raise your hand, but think about this, how many of y'all got together with somebody this past week uh, in Thanksgiving dinner, or maybe you went shopping on Black Friday, which by the way, I think is just insanity, but whatever, you you do your own thing, Uh, you do you, Uh, and so how many of you did that, um, and and you you were merciful? You showed mercy. Oh, you don't have to raise your hands. Um, and, and, or were merciless. Uh, you know, we, we asked the question last week. We talked about being merciful. And uh, we asked this question, um, you know, will people, do people hear and see Jesus? So here's the question for this week. Did, did people in your life hear and see Jesus this past week? Because you're, you are an example of Jesus to everyone you come in contact with. Whether you want to agree with that or not, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are an example of Jesus. And my dad always used to say, he always would say to me, son, you may be the only Jesus some people ever see. And then he would always follow it up with, what Jesus are you showing them? And I wonder this past week, as you got together with family, or you got together with friends, or whatever, uh, were you merciful were you merciful? Were you willing to step back and say, you know, I'm not going to give what that person deserves? <laughs> um, and maybe you had some family or you maybe you had some friends that did or said or whatever, some things that you would love to have shown a different outcome to. I, I, I can understand that because on Thanksgiving Day, I got a lot of texts from Green Bay Packer fans. And uh, I don't appreciate that at all. Um, just saying. Um, no mercy in that. Uh, so anyway, I'm not going to even agree that you're a better team, even though you beat us. Um, but still I digress. Did people in my life hear and see Jesus this past week? Have you shown mercy? Your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, everybody around you, even those that you don't necessarily care for, they need to hear and see Jesus. Are they hearing and seeing Jesus through you? Again, I want you to turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. That's where we're at. That's where we've been at. That's where we'll be at for a couple more weeks. As we look at these beatitudes, these attitudes of our soul that impact us internally and eternally, but they impact us internally, but they also make an impact externally. And as we continue to dive into these different beatitudes, we need to continue to examine our soul, and examine our actions toward others. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Uh, is that You think about that word pure. That word pure, it really has the idea of Clean, no impurities, able to cleanse, free from guilt, sincere, genuine, innocent, blameless. There, there's a verse that talks about that, that you and I, we live above reproach. What does that mean, that word reproach? That's not a word that we use uh, often at all. Uh, at least I, I don't know that I ever use that other than saying that verse. What is reproach? That, that means living in a way that people may throw accusations your way, but they cannot stick. They will not stick because there is no base to what is being said about you. 
And that's pure. That's having a pure life. That's having a pure heart is, is that it's clean and no impurity and able to be cleansed and able to cleanse, free from guilt, sincere, genuine, innocent, and blameless. As I was thinking about it, uh, I couldn't help but think about a tall glass of ice water. Anybody else in here love a nice tall glass of ice water? Yeah, all right, many of you, good. Um, it's pure. It's, it's without impurity. It's refreshing. Uh, it's good. It, it brings a smile to your face because it tastes good and it feels good going down and it just makes you feel good. Pure is that idea of, of, of blameless, of, of without impurity. It is, it is refreshing. So pure in heart, what is that word heart? Again, that word heart is our soul. So we can read it as, Blessed are those who are pure in soul, for they shall see God. There's something about the condition of our soul, the condition of, of, of us on the inside, that should refresh us to the point that it makes our ability to see God 2020. It gives us perfect vision of God. It gives us a, 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 the ability to see God on, on the regular in a much easier and much more uh, compelling way. I, I know as I've gotten older, one of the things that I, I've had to get adjusted to is my eyesight. Anybody else have, have to have had to wear glasses or you've had to get readers or whatever when you're reading because you just can't simply see what's on the page in front of your face? Anybody else like that? All right, lots of you. You can understand that. So, so what's interesting is, is in this verse, he's talking about being pure in heart that it gives us the ability to see God. So I, I brought some glasses just to overemphasize a point, okay? So I'm going to put these on. All right, there we go. Everybody see them? Somebody was like, I couldn't even tell they were on your face. I was like, what are you saying? I got a big head? What's going on? I don't. Um, so, so something about the, the, the condition of my soul, the condition of who I am on the inside, helps me to be able to see God clearly. Helps me to see God clearly. So, so here's a question for you. I know, that's silly, Pastor Jason. She got, she nailed it. She nailed it. Here's the question. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, how clearly do I see God? Ask yourself that question. How clearly do I see God? Because here's the thing. The, the problem, the problem isn't God. The problem is not, is not God. The problem is, is, is something else. Because God's word tells us very clearly in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. And, and by the way, that that yes, looks like it's in the past past as far as, as tense, but it's actually in the present, and it's a love that continues because of the great love with which he loved us, 
even when we were dead in our trespasses, makes us alive or made us alive together with Christ. What is the motive of God's heart? What is the motive of, of what God does? It is His great love for us. And that is a love that is unfailing. That is a love that is always faithful. That is a love that never quits and is not based on what you do or don't do. God loves you regardless of what you do or don't do, of what you say or don't say. God's love never ends for you. It's a never-ending love. John 3.16. Many of you kids, if you've been in Awana, or many of you that are older, if you've been uh, around at all, you've memorized this verse or you've heard it. For God so loved the world that He gave what? His only begotten Son. He gave Jesus to do what? For us to believe in so that we would not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. God loves you. God loves the whole world. God's desire is that none would perish apart from Him. That none would have be separated from Him. We are separated from Him because of our own choice. Because of sin. And you and I need to understand the problem isn't with God. The problem is with us. The problem is with us. Blessed, is, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So how can a person be pure? How can a person keep themselves from sin? How can a person keep themselves uh, pure, clean, able to cleanse, free from guilt, sincere, genuine, innocent, blameless? Psalm 119, 9-11. We, we looked at this passage just a couple weeks ago. How can a Young man, how can a young person keep his way pure? By the way, it doesn't get you off the hook because you were all, every single one of us, were young once. And it doesn't just end at some magical age. It's not like age 18 and then all of a sudden we can just live and do whatever we want. By the way, that's, that's a man or the world's way. That's not God's way. Um, and, uh, and so how can a young man keep his way pure? L listen to what he says. By guarding it according to your word. So, so that's getting into the word of God. Notice what he says next. With my whole heart, with my whole soul, I seek you. So there's a hunger there. We talked about that. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness or right withness with God. And then he has this prayer right in there. Let me not wander from your commandments. Praying and asking God, God, help me to obey your commandments. Help me not to turn away from them. Help me to always pursue after them. And then he says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's memorizing scripture. Three things that can help you stay pure is getting into the word of God, reading it, studying it, and obeying it, praying, and memorizing scripture. We act like sometimes like those three things are super Christian. No. That's normal relationship with Jesus. Reading the Word of God, praying, and memorizing Scripture. Why? Because they're relational. I do it not because I have to. I do it because I want to. I get to. I get to spend time with God in His Word. I get to spend time with God on my knees in prayer. I get to memorize His Word. Why? Because it helps us to remember. 
Just like we were talking about earlier. I don't know about y'all, but I can get so busy or so wrapped up in myself or I, I can get so bogged down with X, Y, Z that I forget what God has done for me. What God is, is doing for me. What God wants to do through me. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So we need to examine our heart. We need to examine our soul. Why is that so important? If you would turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 gives us a little insight into why does it matter if my heart is pure? Why does it matter if I see God or not? 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Hey, we just turn somebody, look them in the eyeballs, and just go, I love you. Just say it. Even if you don't know them, just be like, I love you. I love you. Doesn't that feel good to say? I love you. Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because why? God is love. That is, that is something that we're going to come back to at some point in the near, not so distant future. Because our world has love really messed up. They, they say things like, love is love. No, God is love, friend. And if my definition of love is based on what I think, feel, or whatever, and it's not based on God, it's not love. And God is love. And we love because He first loved us. Notice verse 9. In this is love of God, what has been made manifest or has been shown among us that God has sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a sacrifice for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Check out verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives, abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. What does that mean, perfected in us? I, I believe that means it's seen in us. It's seen in us. Why does it matter if your soul is pure? Why does it matter if you see God? Because others see God through you. And the way you live your life, and the way that you carry on your life, and the way you talk, and the way you act, and the way you react, it is a demonstration of God's love toward other people. And, our, and again, we ask the question, are people seeing Jesus, are they hearing Jesus in and through your life? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. God showed His love toward us through His Son. And because God loves us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, His love abides in us, 
and his love is perfected in us. By demonstrating God's love toward others, we help others see God. And so the purity of your heart matters because it affects your ability to see God. <laughs> Helps you to see God. And, and guess what? If you're seeing God, just think about it. You, you all are like, that is so, that's so weird. And like she said, it's so silly, PJ. But check it out. If I'm loving God, people are going to see that I'm loving God. They're going to see God in me. They're going to go, what is going on with that guy that he would show mercy in that and not blow up in that circumstance? i got to take these off because they're pinching my nose shut and I can't breathe. Um, <laughs> breathing's good, uh, especially when you're doing this. Um, so why, do, why, do we, why does it matter? Because our ability to see God in turn impacts other, other people's ability to see God. One last passage I want you to go to, just by way if you're like, mm, I'm not sure. Go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. It's page 1,255 in my Bible. I don't know if that helps you or not. but Matthew, Mark. Mark chapter 2, one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I guess probably because there's a little bit of revel in me and I kind of like it, what they do here. This is about the, the paralyzed man. Jesus is in town. He's in Capernaum. He spent some time there. There's reports that he's at a home and that he's teaching, he's preaching. Verse 2 says, There were many gathered together so that there was no room, not even at the door. He was preaching the word to them. They came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, so picture it, Jesus is in this house, he's speaking, people are all around it, so much so that there's no room in the house, there's no room at the door. And so, I, I don't know about you, but like most people, most people would probably go, eh, we need to come another time. Not these guys. These guys do something extreme. They're like, no, we're here. Jesus is here. Our friend needs to get to Jesus. So what do they do? When they could not, verse 4, get near him because of the crowd, get this, they removed the roof above him. What? Yeah, they, get, they went up on the roof of the house and they cut it off. They cut it open. They broke into the roof above Jesus. And, and, and then it says, and then they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. How awesome is that? What, what an amazing impact that, that is going to happen as a result of these people and their pureness of heart and longing to get Jesus to or get Jesus to their friend and get their friend to Jesus. They rip a hole in this guy's roof. They lower the paralytic down, and Jesus sees their faith and says to the paralyzed man, Son, 
your sins are forgiven. You don't think your testimony, you don't think your life makes a difference? Your life, in the way you live it, makes a difference in the others around you. Jesus saw their faith, and he said to the man who was paralyzed, Son, your sins are forgiven. And this really irritated the religious people that were around him. Which I think Jesus sort of was like, ha, let's see what happens with this. And they're irritated and they talk about their little thing and whatever. And then Jesus steps in and he's like, hey, so which is easier to forgive sins or heal this guy? But just so you know that I'm God, I'm going to help you see that I'm God. And he tells the paralyzed man, get up and walk. And what happens? Verse 12. He rose, immediately picked up his bed, went out before them. Look what happens. Remember this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will, will what? See God. Verse 12. This man gets up before them. They all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. How awesome is that? Here's, here is some individuals who are with pure heart, seeking after God, and God allows them to see Him, and not only Him, but everybody around is amazed and glorifying God and saying, we never saw anything like this. That's, that's you and me. That, that's our lives. If we'll live our lives in a way that is pursuing after God, the beauty of God is, is that He'll use us, He'll use your story, He'll use your testimony to make a difference in the lives of those around you. And I don't care how young you are or how old you are. When I was in college, we had a, a group of people that, that got together and we would pray together and we would pray for our families. And I remember this, this girl who was in our group, she had an eight-year-old brother. And her eight-year-old brother was diagnosed with, with some kind of, I think I don't remember what kind of cancer it was. He was diagnosed with something and this this little guy, eight years old, he would go to school every day and tell his friends about Jesus. And, and she came, I remember, to one of our groups, and she said, hey, I just got, I just got a, I got a praise today. My little brother has led 30 of his friends to Jesus Christ. Eight years old. Eight years old. Listen, it, 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 it's, not a, it's not an age thing. It's a I'm in love with Jesus thing. And this little eight-year-old guy who, who doesn't know how long his life's going to be is realizing, you know what, I need to make a difference now. And he went out and made a difference and led all of his friends, many of them, to Jesus. And what, what, an, incredible, what an incredible difference. And you and I, you and I can live like that. You and I can, like these four paralyzed, these four men who brought their paralytic friend to Jesus, we, we can live like that. But much of that has to do with the condition of my soul, the condition of your soul. You want to be refreshing to other people? You want to be life-giving to other people? then much of that has to do with what are you doing to pursue Jesus? 
Again, I ask this question in closing. How clearly do I see God? How clearly do I see God? There's one thing that stands in the way of that, and it's sin. Sin will keep you from clearly seeing God. And the beauty is, is that there's only one thing that can cure that. And 1 John 1.9 tells us very clearly what that is. It's actually who. If we confess our sin, He, who is that? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who's that he? Jesus. You have a seeing God problem? Maybe it's because you have a sin problem. And what you need to do is you need to come to Jesus. He's right there. He's running to you. He's running for you. He's been running for you. All he wants you to do is recognize him and acknowledge the fact that you're a sinner in need of a Savior and turn to Him. And the beauty is, is that God says, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our sin. Do you clearly want to see God? I'm going to ask you, would just close your eyes, bow your head. Worship team's going to come. And as they come, you need to ask, you need to ask that question. Do I want to clearly see God? Do I, do I want to be an example of God to other people around me? If the answer is yes, then, then my friend, that's awesome. But what are you doing to continue to pursue after God? What are you doing to continue to look to Him? And in just a moment, there's going to be people down here at the front. There's going to be people at the back. And as we're singing this final song, and maybe you want to come forward and, and have someone pray with you. That's our role up here is to pray with you. Not, 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 we're not gonna, we're not gonna like lay a guilt trip on you or any of those other things. We're just here to pray with you. But maybe you're here and, you know, somebody came, you came with somebody and you might turn to them and say, hey, would you pray for me? Or maybe you're feeling, somebody in this church feeling like the nudge of the Holy Spirit to pray with somebody else. And, and I want to encourage you to do that. Be obedient to that. Because you never know what God can do in and through your life. But the beauty is, is that He wants to use you to be able to help others see God. So my friend, first, do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If not, that's where you got to start. If you know Him, are you letting go of sin that's in your life? And saying, God, here it is. I give this to you. Father, thank You that You know our hearts you know our lives. You know everything about us. So, Lord, help us in this moment to be open and honest and willing to let you work. God, you're good. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name.